0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, powered by Lift Aviation—the best podcast on planet Earth. At least that's my opinion. I'm Mark, and I'm Jeff, and
1: I feel like I'm not on planet Earth right now.
0: You—it looks like you're not on planet Earth right now. You gotta, yeah. you gotta. Let's get right. Let's just get. I mean, before we get into it, we are going to get right into it. Before we get into we it, we need to close the border I, the I northern you last border. Week. We got this, so. so. It's it's a it's a whole we're we're flipping borders now. The, yeah. the border talk is going north.
1: Yeah, we need to close that border and you can keep all your free healthcare cuz obviously you don't know how to freaking put out a fire and we're suffering down here. The United States aerobatic pilots in the northeast cannot fly because of the stupid Canadians and their smoky to bear bullshit. <laughs> if that made any sense. It does make sense. <laughs> right like how hard is it to put out a fire in 2023 you know
0: we put a man on the moon in like 1969 so i I feel like the fact that we can't put fires out in 2023 is pretty ridiculous yeah it's pretty ridiculous
1: it's probably luke penner just smoking it in his airplane and just lit shit on fire because he's that good
0: he's pure fire and it's causing real problems
1: yeah he needs to go
0: um, East real guy. talk. I I don't know. So I, I heard that there are fires in Canada, but obviously it's Eastern Canada because it's like affecting the, the East area. Coast. Yeah. Okay. And I uh, I don't remember because there's some Luke is more west, right? Like he's he's above um, he's west of Quebec.
1: He's he's above the uh, corn cop commander. Um, yeah. 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 He, like right above Lake Michigan, I think yeah around that area okay um Um, i hope that i hope that we're way off and he's like you fucking idiots
0: (laughs) what the the fuck are you talking about
1: (laughs) yeah um (laughs) but yeah i know that ryan he invited me to the con a contest coming up um and he's like uh pretty much uh due northwest of albany um, in Canada. So he's like okay. a two hour flight for me or a three hour flight. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. No, um, crazy. which kind of makes it, you know,
0: like it's more than the French fly. I'll just say that, but not crazy.
1: Yeah. I might actually, I don't know about this year, but definitely next year, I think I'll go to that contest in Canada and bring my wife, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I've never been to Canada. I've, uh, I have a, did I ever tell you a story of why, you know, it's such a shame because I like Luke and, most Canadian, but I got into a big brawl with the uh with some Canadians in college. And ever since then, really? oh God, I was such an ass too. Did I ever tell you what happened? No. Oh god. So I went to um I went away to college on a scholarship for uh lacrosse. And the first year I was doing really good. And then I got really badly injured. I still have a hip issue. Um, so I couldn't play anymore. Um, and that's when I came back home and went to a local school uh, near my house and um it was an aviation school actually i it was called dowling aviation Dowling college um i went for business management management administration and um had a really great time made some some really good friends and my junior or senior year um you know i was renting a house with some buddies um actually my best friend now uh, who lives in colorado uh, that's, i met him through dowling and um you know my wife and I we were on a break, you know, and um I was I was playing the field, and there was this girl that I liked and she was working in a bar uh that was kind of nearby and uh we were having a house party or something it was like Friday Saturday night or Tuesday and I was like, oh, let's go to this bar I think it was called like Tiki Joe's or something like that. It was some total dive bar um and uh. Nobody wanted to go, and I'm. I got a buddy of mine to drive me, so I'm there alone. And Dowling, yeah. You know, I went to a, a division one school, and I, I was pretty decent at lacrosse. I will say, you know, I was on the. I made the uh, the Long Island team and did really well. I got good because my bro. I had two older brothers, and I always kind of played against these six foot five giants. So, you know, whenever you play up and play with people that are much better than you, kind of like flying, I guess, you get better. So anyway, yeah. so I went there. I was drunk. I couldn't drive and I had a friend drop me off. And um, Dowling happened to have a lacrosse team, which was division three. And um, I don't know if one of the kids was like, it's being an ass, but it was probably, I was pretty, I was, a, uh, I was drinking, I was like 11 o'clock at night at this point. So we had been drinking at the house and stuff. And I just started running my mouth like a fool. And um, there was like you know 15 division three Look, it was the whole team there and me and i was like <laughs> probably something to the effect of like you guys suck like you don't even know how to play <laughs> and uh <laughs> um we were outside and um i didn't start the fight and i sure as shit didn't finish it but um i got one kid threw a punch at me and you ever get hit in the ear
0: Oh, no, but I know I've heard it. It hurts insane.
1: Dude, this kid threw a hook. He, he started this started up fighting. He threw a hook and he clocked me right like dead square in my ear. Oh, and um, I, I will say I fought back, but it's hard against a lot of people. And I did get my ass kicked. So not afraid to admit that. And um, but yeah, my ear was for like a week, man, it was just it was it was extremely painful, probably worse than pregnancy and giving birth yeah um worse than easily a, worse
0: than the, than, a, than a cold a man gets worse than pregnancy for sure yeah.
1: yeah so um yeah i totally deserved getting hit and um that's why i don't like and they were all canadian they all came down from canada to be on the uh division three i say division three just because i have to get my little dig in um, what
0: if ryan he- hears this and he's like dude wait a second I was that I was at that bar last uh, that night, and I remember that.
1: Yeah, and I fucking beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I love these people that like you know get into that have been in fights or or talk about fighting and never admit to like if you haven't gotten your ass kicked at least once, like have you really ever fought?
0: For sure, for sure. You know,
1: I I'm like, not a fighter and
0: I haven't been in fights, but that's that's one of those things. Like absolutely, you have to you have to win some and lose some.
1: Yeah, shit, you uh, gotta lose them all. I've lost plenty, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's why like, you know, Canada, Canada right now, especially with the smoke now they're getting in the way of my training. And I finally started flying like at least like two, three times a week now. And, um, can't fly because we have smoke in the air and, um, it's actually, I'm not a, not a wind um, but like, you could smell it. Like it smells like, you know, burnt wood. And, hmm. um, my, I don't have allergies and, you know, I'm not complaining, but like my eyes are watery and shit. And No, dude, smoke um, is terrible. Emily yeah, has sucks. terrible
0: allergies and it like really susceptible to smoke. And it's, it's, you know, California, dude, we we have fire season. We have a literal season of it. And yeah, uh, it was okay last year, but we've had some really bad years to where like it literally the air quality is so bad. They're like, stay in your house. We have air filters in every room. Um, we have like. I forgot what it's called, but like a smoke charcoal filter for our furnace when we run the oh, AC wow. and the heat. Uh, so we put that in during fire season. That you know, so it filters out of the house and stuff like that. And it's bad, man. I, I remember, it, dude. Smoke yeah. is is rough, dude. I remember doing flights in that stuff too. Where like you're literally yeah. cl- like climbing through a smoke layer to try to get above, so you can fly. You're like, oh, this is, what are we doing? Are you serious? Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's rough, man. It's uh, and, and I looked at the visibility. We were talking about Laguardia because um, Laguardia is basically, for all intent and purposes, shut down right now. They're on a ground stop uh, from what you mentioned. And looking at the weather, it's like one mile visibility. That's that's smoky. If you're getting one statute mile because of smoke, that's yeah. thick. That's really thick.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the rest of Canada is probably like clear blue right now. Like, is this in Quebec? You're it's downwind. Like the, yeah, exactly. So they're all just enjoying their, you know, maple syrup shots, and yeah. uh, they're not playing pond hockey right now. Would they play deck hockey? Deck hockey, called? indoor hockey, probably. They are probably slow. They're, Canada is so like latent at times. They probably got like the 1980s style rollerblades with that plastic stopper on one the, heel. The green wheels, like neon yeah, green. Neon wheels. green. Oh, you are yeah. right. you are you're with me right now, right? <laughs> And they're, but they're like they're just squares, they're not rounded yet because they haven't figured that part out. Well, that I quack, mean, quack, 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 quack. South Park, <laughs> South Park
0: nailed their wheel technology, like they, they use squares for wheels.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And in fact, I don't even know if I like Aaron right now being the coach of in Canada
0: just because he's kind of guilty on. by proxy. Yeah, it's just, um, but yeah, it do we kind of do we kind of consider him more Canadian because he's the coach?
1: Yeah, I uh I think he is Canadian at this point. Might as well be.
0: Yeah. We gotta get him on. Uh, we we were talking in the group chat a little while ago about getting him on to kind of talk about the team and um things are kind of gearing up, right? Like uh I say gearing up, they've been gearing up, but we're getting closer, I guess, is what I should say to advanced world uh, worlds and nationals. Things are things are kind of heating up. The season, the competition season's, you know, kind of well underway. Yeah. Um, um, but I wanted to, to ask you. We be- need to get Aaron on.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to talk about Tracy that contest in California that you yeah, went to. I stuff, can't, but can't wait to talk about Tracy. What's the deal? Because I'm not an airline guy. Um, so there's a ground stop at Laguardia. It's like you need a four hour. Um, when you got to. 4 hour in advance if you want to land yeah. there. But um so what's the what's the automatic land situation? Like what's that all about? What's that called again?
0: Auto land? <laughs> yeah. But <What is> <laughs> <laughs> it's literally <laughs> what it's called.
1: Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Um so what is it look like? like do you just push a button?
0: It's it's different for uh I'll, I'll explain it for the Airbus, that's just that's the only Air- I'm I'm going to go to training in the 737 it's a little bit different with the 737 because uh the 7-3 has a hud and you actually hand fly you don't i don't know if you auto land I honestly don't know if you if you can auto land a 7-3 but like in the airbus um when you load the correct approach you have to to sequence the the fms the flight management system box appropriately but basically um you have to have the right approach. So you have to have a Cat Three, Category Three, ILS approach to a runway, to which LaGuardia does not have for three one. Um, I, they do have an RNP Zulu, but that's not a Cat Three, and you can't auto land that. The only, only approach you can land is a Cat Three ILS. Um, so in the Airbus, you you load the ILS for the runway. You put um, there's a couple little box things uh, sequences you have to to kind of put in. Um, you put a node DH which is a decision height in the radio altimeter field. And you just literally keep the autopilot on and it does everything for you. And so you, you, you know get how like, to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I cat, I cat three auto landed a couple times in the airbus. It's not just that you don't use it very often. Um, cat 3 it's is great. Shit out of it. It's weird, dude. <laughs> Cause you get these like enunciators right on the, on the primary flight display. That'll kind of tell you what you're doing. Um, and it'll at 300 feet, I think it is, I'm starting to dump all the Airbus stuff already because I go to training in like two weeks, but um, you'll get a, a, a land enunciator on the primary flight display. And that's basically like, it's in land mode. Like it's got the, it meets the criteria to take this all the way to a landing. Then um, you'll get, it'll say flare. As the airplane starts to flare, it touches down. It'll tell you to... Um, you know, Airbus always likes to call you a retard, retard. So it'll tell you to retard the throttles, the thrust levers. Pull the thrust levers back, and you're done. And you kick the autopilot. Oh, that's out. crazy. It's it's that's wild, bad. dude. It's freaking wild. Jeez. But the airport has to have an approach to it. Uh, I'd have to pull out my my um, EFB from work. I was just looking on four flight. It doesn't appear that three one. Their winds are like the current current weather at LaGuardia is not great it is uh weather is 310 at 18 gusting 22 one statute miles and you got haze fog broken cloud layer overcast cloud layer um so and smoke and i don't see a cat 3 ils to runway 31 which means that the spacing would have to be as such and it doesn't even look like there's a great precision approach. I think the Zulu RNP Zulu is the best thing they have into three one. If I look at it here, uh, RNP uh, they don't even have it. Oh yeah, they do Zulu three one. Let's see. Yeah, that gets you down. You know, you need one mile for that. That's pretty rough. Um, so I mean, the weather's pretty much down to minimums. It looks like. Yeah. Um, in the LaGuardia, so non-precision approaches, or or, or I'm sorry, they are precision approaches, but not above cat one minimum. So, you know, the spacing you you're stacking up airplanes. you you know, New York airspace. It doesn't take much to get a ground stop or delays. You're we're always delayed going to New York. You know, it just is what it is. And when you add weather, especially like this, where, where it's not like it's not cells, it's not moving through. So like you you might have, you know, with thunderstorms, you'll have 30 minutes or 20 minutes where the fields shut down and, and, you know, the, the the winds will, will turn around. They'll spin the airport around land, you know, one three instead of three, one or whatever. But with this, where it's just like lingering smoke, you're screwed, dude. You're hosed. Yeah.
1: Jeez least
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody. So you're going going Boeing there today.
1: Don't you hate Boeing?
0: I don't hate Boeing. I I like Boeing. Um, that this, uh, that's a whole other topic of conversation, but (laughs) the seven thirty seven is not an exciting airplane to go fly. Um, over the Airbus, I'm gonna miss the Airbus a lot. It was the Airbus was a great airplane, but yeah. it's a paycheck. You know, um, it's you get paid yeah. to fly. It's the job. I feel like and only like the
1: boomers fly the uh, Boeing airplanes.
0: Well, they've certainly been around longer. I mean, the seven thirty seven's been around for like two hundred years. It feels like. I think the yeah. Wright brothers like their powered flight. They they flew, and then like when people went to go celebrate at Kitty Hawk, they flew a seven thirty seven over, landed in Kitty yeah. Hawk. To, to celebrate the Wright brothers flying.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. That's when they had ashtrays in the, in uh, the
0: seats. Oh, you could smoke. You could probably you could drink. drink. Yeah. Just take a shot of Jack when you landed, you know,
1: oh, cop a feel on a flight attendant.
0: Yeah. The, oh yeah.
1: Not Craisiness. good. You know. It's So frowned upon now.
0: Ah, thanks bin Laden.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Um, all right, cool. So we got that out of the way. I tried, you know, like I, the reason why I asked you too is like I want to try to talk about not some not all the time aerobatics because like you know we got we got market share now we got we got some people listening that are uh, we do they're bussing around right now
0: yeah yeah no it's um, it's great uh, you know it's it's awesome to see you know screenshots that we get of people listening to it in the car uh, people listening to it while they're flying you know like up in the flight levels not much going on and you know you get to pop a pop an earbud in listen yeah. to the podcast. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's
1: listen been my great against Canada. How I got my ass. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Cause you're, 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 you know, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to stop using the phrase ramping up because I've been using that too much already, but you know, you're, you're, uh, within your, um, your training program, right. Of what you're setting up for yourself yeah. and, and what you're working on. Um, obviously this, the fires affect you. Um, if you could take a, a maybe a 20,000 foot view of where you're at right now and how this would affect you if you were trying to go for the team this year, like this would be pretty detrimental. Like, what would you do? Would you be looking? I mean, it'd be hard to fly the airplane out somewhere, but would you be looking? What would you be doing right now? Or where would your mind go if you're like, hey, I, I'm going to be missing maybe a month's worth of flights? Like, this is yeah. the big deal.
1: I think you're looking at it from like a very, um, I'm gonna say American, but I, I don't really mean that. But like, just a lot of people in America that fly um competition acro and and want to get really really good and and treat it a little bit more than a hobby. Yeah. Um they're just running a ton of gas through the tank and yeah. thinking that that's gonna you know get them good. I mean, it's gonna get them better than where they were, but you know, it goes back to that whole thing with like quality over, over quantity. Over and I think it's yeah, It's the same with everything in life, you know, and from like an aviation standpoint, like <clears throat> if you take a a student who's learning to fly you know, and, and for his private pilot and you spend, you, you make it fun, but you spend an hour on the ground on what you're going to do and, and what to expect and this and that, instead of just, you know, like, oh, get in the plane, like, let's go up there. We'll, we'll work it out in the air. Like. You know, the person who, who talked about it on the ground is going to retain and, and grow a lot faster as a pilot than the person who's just jumping in and going. So, you know, like right now, since the weather broke, I'm you know, I'd say for the past two weeks, I've been flying, you know, three times a week. Uh, but I'm like, gosh, aerobatic time-wise, I'm less than five hours this season into uh flying. Flying acro and like added out five hours, uh, 70% is is actually really training and unlimited. The other is either getting G tolerance or you know, working on foundational crap. Um
0: what but, is your found what is your foundational? Like when you are are setting out for the new season, getting G tolerance, and this is something that maybe this is actually really worth talking about because um yeah. g tolerance is something that everybody, it's a use it or lose it type of uh you know physiological event right uh we all have we, we all have a, a different predispositions to g g tolerance like Rob Holland seems to be invincible whereas others like myself um even if I don't fly for a month it may it may not be because of the winter it just may be like uh I'm gone for work or I just I just happen to not fly for three four weeks, and then I have to like literally think not think about what I'm doing so much I mean I'll do a lot of outside stuff, but you know my G tolerance might be slightly less and I'll notice it. I'll feel it. I'll be like, Oh man, like I'm just kind of not. And we all have those days too. Even, even when we are flying regularly, we all have those, those days where it's like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling that I can't push it as hard as I normally do. So what do you do uh, coming off the winter, coming off of a real season uh, because you do in the Northeast. And then um, what does that process work work up look like? And what maneuvers do you actually do in terms of, warming up for G tolerance and foundational
1: stuff. Right. So, you know, I think the first thing that came to my head uh, since losing, you know, I lost over 40 pounds. Um, so I'm congrats by like, the way. One, that's
0: freaking huge.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so funny. And like, I have a friend who <laughs> I love him dearly, but like, you know, it's just a typical story where you're talking about like, Oh, let's get a lightweight flywheel, a lightweight battery. And it's like, you can, yeah can get on that treadmill a little bit and uh and just not have to worry about turning wrenches and get 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 some weight off the airplane i was actually um,
0: listening to this um not to take this down a different path but i was listening to a podcast on auto racing mm -hmm. and um they were talking about f1 and nascar specifically and they had an f1 driver and a nascar driver on and they were talking about weight and they were they got into it pretty heavily on you know how 10 pounds of body weight what that equates to in the cars because, you know, especially NASCAR, the cars are so similar um, oh that the only thing you can really do is not be a heavier driver. And they, they track all those metrics of like, you know, cause you, you know, it's not so much, maybe it's not so much in, in the flying world, but when you're talking about shaving a 10th of a second off like a couple pounds of body weight yeah. matters. Uh, and we don't really, it's funny that you mentioned that because we don't really talk about that a whole lot in the aerobatic world. We do a little bit, but it's like, as long as it's not unhealthy and you can be healthy enough to maintain a G tolerance, which really, uh, I, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately you can be heavy and it almost, it's not a nest. Nece- that's not necessarily a hindrance to G tolerance, but right performance wise it's, it is a
1: hindrance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it- just weight, you know, power to weight um, as yeah. a basic, you know, view of that, but also weight distribution, you know, throughout the airplane, you know, so like mm-hmm. where I'm sitting in the SC, it's slightly aft. So taking 40 pounds out of that position is going to change, you know, a lot with the airplane. Um, Have you, you noticed you know, it? I wouldn't say, I don't want to like, I mean, I'm sure a top unlimited a guy who's like uh, Aaron or AJ or somebody who's super familiar with the SC um, we notice a lot more. I've noticed it a little bit with the snaps. Um, I have to, yeah. you know, there's a little bit more stick pressure on it, uh, just to get it to to where I, you know, I need to get it to break. But um, not. I, I wouldn't. It's just it's negligible because, you know, it's not like I flew at two twenty something and then the next day flew at one seventy. I bet you know I'd be fun to wear like a lead vest and go for a flight and then fly again. I bet you'd probably uh, notice something. Probably but, noticed that, yeah. you know. Everybody always talks about, oh, when you lose a lot of weight, your G tolerance goes down, and um, I think that's a, I think it's overstated a lot, to be honest with you, um, because there's a couple things I was thinking about with it, and one of the main things that I I noticed is, you know, prior to say like a nine or a ten G pull, you know, a lot of people will pull and then grunt, and I think if you strain first before getting to pull, like if you prep your body. And tighten it up before you initiate the pull. Um, I really haven't had a major issue, and I'm not talking about like being G-conditioned for you know for the week. You know, if you're not flying for say five six days, you know, I really don't have too much of an issue um, with those type of pulls. I mean, a big five eighths loop, like say you're on a vertical down, and you have to you know it's a it's a P loop, so you're pulling all the way back around to you know say inverted. It's so, a you know a pull P loop. Um, and you're making the radius really tight, um, over sustained G it's, it's really tough to, to not relax the pull if you're not G conditioned for that, but that goes when you're heavy too. Um, sure. but I think that, you know, one of the game changers for me is I've been really focusing on straining before I, I initiate a, a super tough pull. Um, so, and I've also, I lost the weight correctly, I believe, you know, I did it, you know, with eating better, making healthier choices.
0: It and was also, gradual too. Uh, it wasn't yeah, like, it abrupt. was like
1: four or five pounds a month, which is yeah. pretty decent. That's decent. And I also, yeah, I also did weights. Um, and, um, you know, and it's, I gotta be honest, like, I think a lot of like, there's just a lot of amateur and in, in my opinion is amateur too, but there's a lot of amateur opinions when it goes into conditioning for G, um, you know, and even, you know, you don't know what that, like nutrition and, and hydration, all those things come into effect. You know you could be you know, just a little overweight, say, and if people are saying that's better for your G condition but not eat and you'll gray out really fast or blackout. Yeah. um you know, God forbid. But you know a lot of these things that that I'm kind of talking about, you know about training and everything, there's just I'm really focusing more on a lot of prep. I mean, I feel like before I get to nationals this year for unlimited, if I have, um, you know, this is just what I can, like, you know, be able to do with my lifestyle. You know, I can't fly every day, but with my lifestyle budget and plan, you know, if I fly more than 40 hours of aerobatic, I don't even think I'll make it that far. Maybe 35 tops of it. true aerobatic flying hours. That's yeah. pretty much where I think I'm going to be. But I would say added at 35 hours, I plan to... Yeah, quadruple, whether it's like right before I fly, right after I fly, the night before, like I try to do a ton, a ton of prep, you know, and and be really, really structured with my training. And as far as you know, starting the season and getting into it, you know, I've just enjoyed just starting with the basics because it's one of those things that works for me where, you know, if you if you enter a task or um a goal and you complete that goal, there's a sense of accomplishment. So like I start every year and I work on everything from just basic, you know, horizontal lines upright inverted. And then, you know, from there I'll go into um, you know, looping figures. And then from there I'll go um whatchamacallit verticals. And I really don't do too much 45 work unless, you know, somebody's on the ground, uh, to be honest with you. But just really basic basic is stuff. that just from and, a sighting
0: point of, yeah, like, just to make sure you're actually positioning yourself on the 45 well
1: yeah, it's really tough because that that figure you know the more so than verticals like the 45 at the upper levels when depending on where they are in the box downwind upwind and you know how you know how deep you are in the box or how close it's it has to be you know to get those extra points you have to fly them you know quite differently for the judge. So I'm not going to fly, you know, eight different types of 45s, um, you know, to to make work. And then out of those eight times, you know, every judge is so subjective to 45s. Like, you know, you're never going to get the same score yeah. you know, for 45s. Um, and that's why, like, one of the things with designing a freestyle is you really want to limit however many, you know, uh, figures like a 45 um, to put in there because it's just a way to lose points. Um, but... You know so I'll do that and I really won't enter into you know rotational elements in into like the next you know next flight pretty much and um and I just you know half roll the inverted half roll the upright and then you know not so much on the quarters because again you know depending on where you're positioned and you know what what point it is on the say four four roll you know whether you have to be over or under um it, it there's just it's to practice it, you know. Perfectly, you're most likely never going to have a an opportunity to fly a a, por- a perfect ninety degree ninety degree ninety degree ninety degree roll, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I just to me that doesn't seem like it's time spent well. And um and then from there, um like for me, because I'm new to unlimited, so last year I got a, a good taste of it and figured out what I suck at. And, you know, I went to my notes and it's like, okay, like, you know, I had this year, I had to work on tail slides uh, to get those perfected and, uh, and getting um, down loops with rotations and three quarter, three quarter up snaps and, you know, getting them to, to, to be like, correct, you know, because I'm not, and especially in limited and even that, like, I just, I don't, I'm not going to do something and take time away. To, to be not okay at something, but I'm not going to do it just to like, okay, whatever. Like I'll stay an intermediate or sportsman at that point. You know okay. what I mean? Sure. But so like, um, you know, the three quarters are finally like, that was my, my Everest. I feel, I feel it like until I find the next thing with unlimited, like I can outside three quarters. I love the outside three quarter snap, you know, left and right, whatever. But the inside is just, it's so mechanical. And when you, when you're not, I really don't consider myself a mechanical type pilot. Um, And there's just, we were talking about this on a group chat. There's just, you can't wait, wait to to feel what the airplane is doing because you have to be really fast with it. And um, that's really hard for me because like, I just, you know, I always fly off the field, you know? And um, so I finally kind of got, I'm like 80% there with that figure. Like I, I was going out and I, I couldn't even get one. And then I'd cry. (laughs) And uh, and uh, go back the next time. And I um, I think it was the the, like for two flights, two or three flights in a row. I couldn't get one to hit, and it sucks because like you're paying like all this money, and and it's it's such a frustrating thing. And you 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 know you have so much doubt. Like it's like how long is it going to take? Like geez, Louise. And then you know I spoke to uh, uh, Father Holland. And um Bobby he gave me some tips, and uh I was able to get you know I got one out of the ten, say, and then the next slide I got you know uh two, and then out of that, you know, it just went up to like five, and then now I'm like, I can go out there and I could probably get uh I would bet that I can get at least you know six or seven out of ten to be like you know pretty good. um, I wouldn't say you know near anywhere near. Like a, like a Rob or a Goody. But, um, you know, I, I'd say it's above average for, like, a regional. Um, so that's, like, progress for me. And, you know, like I was saying back to it in the beginning, I think that if, you know, an aerobatic competitor or even whatever pilot, you set these small goals and reach them, you know, it will build your momentum to to keep, you know, progressing. You know, instead of being like, I want to... I want to fly an 85% on in the unlimited or unlimited known or an intermediate. Like I want to just crush it instead of being like, all right, I wanna I wanna score figure one in you know an eight out of ten and then work at that figure until it's an eight out of ten. And then okay, I want to like fly all these figures one off eight out of ten and just nail all them and then link one and two. All right, I nailed that. It's like okay, now I'm gonna, you know, link two and four, two through four, whatever, and like set these goals and build your you know, build your stamina, build your ability slowly, but in a positive environment. And um and then, you know, I feel like you'll be more, you know, enough to to progress in a in a more positive state instead of, you know, doing something and being frustrated, you know, for the next three months that you haven't flown the intermediate known at an eight out of ten level. You know? Sure. So I don't know that's what i do and i i, I do a, just a ton a shit ton of ground prep and a shit ton of, you know i replay video you know and and go through it and analyze it a little bit i enjoy it i like i you know the gopros now which just dude we have to talk They're about amazing. the insta 360 i'm yep. loving it i'm amazing, absolutely it? loving it it is incredible yeah it's a game and, changer you
0: know, i will say too like it, it does make sense and i'm sure everybody's doing it it's it's one of those things that kind of goes without saying, but like. Um one thing i noticed about AJ at Nationals and then uh it was nice to see him at Tracy and uh he, he kind of d- d- did the same thing there. He's always he talks about figures and, and i'm sure so many people do this, all right? This is not i'm not saying anything like unique, i'm sure. But um he's always talking about figures in a technical uh, in, a, in a technical form on the ground and always is always like gesturing uh, about how to fly a maneuver or a figure, right? Like he, he talks about the technicalities of a figure a lot.
1: Yeah. He's obsessed in,
0: in conversation. Yeah. Like in a good way, in a good way. And I remember him talking about the notes he carries. Um, and I've heard this from, from like two or three people that the, the notes he takes uh the the application of of the technical aspects of flying these figures he a lot of that back end work you know classroom on the ground obviously uh walking the sequences, walking you know individual figures and thinking about that stuff there's so much that goes into that uh, that's got that's is that do you think that's shifting to being where you, you know, kind of like the 80 20 rule, you know, uh, you can apply the 80 20 r- rule to almost anything. It's like, you know, we use, we wear 20% of our clothes 80% of the time, or, you know, we we listen to 20% of the music that we like 80% of the time. Is, yeah you know, the flying 80 20 rule, right? Of like going up and flying and practicing 80% of the time, or, and, and maybe ground work 20% of the time. Are we shifting that? You, you think that the, really the magic's made on the ground in the notes in the technicalities in the talks in the coaching and not not simply just flying the figures
1: yeah i mean i think from the people that i know a few people i think it's been around it just hasn't been spoken about um because it's yeah. you know when you hire think about it like if you hire sergey or a nikolai or you know a, you know a rob holland to coach you or um, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call, it. yeah. And you're paying, you're paying for this service, and and you're paying, you know, for his no, his or her knowledge. So that's a value. So it's totally understandable for somebody to to not so, so for somebody to go to a camp, gain all this knowledge, and not post it all online because like you're paying it. We talked yeah. about the training camp guys. You're paying a ton of money and so and much. I, and I feel like that's that's more than fair like i don't think you know trade information or information you know that you receive from through payment or whatever should be you know just just given out like that you know like and um now you know with with what you were saying you know like we know that Ghoulian has a, a whatever it is like a salt and pepper notebook with notes just on everything still. And, and, um, that book, you know, to him is worth like, gosh, easily over six figures, you know, because of of, one of the most valuable things in in the arsenal. So I think people that put some money up, understand the value of what you're saying, like the 80, 20 rule. Um, and it's been, it's been done, you know, you know, many times with doing, more of a i hate saying it's freaking french but more of a french style um quality training versus quantity right. um and you know it 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 honestly like it goes back i think people just got to understand what works best for them you know and like with aj AJ is a great topic to talk about because aj if you look at his sequence card it looks like Something off the pyramids, like there's, it's like all hieroglyph, you know, whatever, and it's just filled. But that works for him, like that works perfectly for him. And I look at that and I'm like, that I couldn't no, like definitely not, like that is not me. And you know, unfortunately, I think people that are inexperienced or new to the sport will look at somebody like AJ without him knowing, because it would give AJ gives great advice, but we'll see that and go, oh, I'm going to do that because I want to be like AJ. It's like, well. Maybe that will work for you, but like you got to figure out, you know, what makes you, you know, concentrate the best or perform the best in whatever state, you know, even like before a competition. I talked a lot about this with Nikolai, you know, where we were talking about the the psychological aspect of, you know, sport. Like, and you can look at it from all spectrums, but, you know, with aerobatics, like, what are you doing before a competition flight? Like, let's forget the week before, day before. Like what are you doing a couple hours before? Does is being around people get you relaxed? Then do that. Does going for a drive, being alone get you relaxed? Go do that. Does walk the sequence till you so you don't think about anything else? Do that. Like you have to figure out what specifically works for you and, and that's what you need to do. You can't just open a book or go to nationals and see, you know, um Goody Thomas with you know soccer cones set up, walk in the box and listening to you know, what whatever good he listens to. Um <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> Brittany Spears or Taylor or Swift T. T-Swift. Swift, you know? yeah. Yeah, T Swift. You know, like that that works. That's that's his. That's his. He figured it out. What works for him. So like, yeah, I think people um
0: will, there's no set, there's no set one size fits all routine.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Like you need your there's a word for it, um, you know, your pre-game, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you and you, you're not you're gonna kind of your know moment is, is then
0: until your moment is until
1: then. you try a bunch of things. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But yeah, AJ is like it, it, he's so motivated. I mean, he's, that's the, that's the, not the great thing about aerobatics is like you go to these contests and you meet these uber successful people, and not not economically, it's just like just just great great people that got their shit together. And you can you know you just you learn so much from them, and and it, to me, like when I'm around good people, like it it makes me want to do better. And yeah. you know, AJ's one of those guys, and um, he's an
0: inspiring dude, man. I really want to get him on the so podcast. So inspiring. He's he's, yeah. he's he's he really is inspiring. I mean, um I know everybody knows him as a fantastic aerobatic pilot, to which he is. Um, But that's not that's that almost undermines how hard he works at it, right? That doesn't yeah. like. Doesn't like give it justice, and he works hard at everything, and he's successful at what he does, and just a, a impressive dude. He's an impressive dude. You know, you meet people yeah. that 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 are simply not impressive. They're, they they might be great, uh, but they're, you're not. You're really like taken aback by what they are, uh, or I'm sorry, what they do or who they are. I, I would say AJ is one of those that I'm really impressed with with AJ Waller. Like he's a really, really cool dude. Obviously, a very, very talented pilot. You know, I was telling. Um, so I went to Tracy, the Tracy contest, and we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I was
1: literally, I was like, walking, my walking,
0: <laughs> holding holding my daughter's hands and walking up, and and AJ's SC was was kind of parked. Um, it was pulled away from uh, well, 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 far from the start line, but even from the 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 like the aerobatic row uh, of airplanes, and. Like It kind of near like a, a little bit of a spectator area. And so I was I was telling them, oh, like, oh, yeah, this, this guy that this airplane right here, because they were like, oh, that's a pretty airplane. You know, my daughters are seven and ten. So they're like, oh, look at the colors, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's a beautiful airplane. And the guy that owns that is one of the best aerobatic pilots in the world. And when I said that out loud to myself, I was like, dang, dude, like it, it's true. AJ Wilder is one of the best aerobatic pilots in the world. That, there's nobody that would that would argue that. Uh, he's he's right. one of the best aerobatic pilots in the world i think everybody on the unlimited team is right i would say that everybody on the advanced team is one of the best aerobatic pilots in the world very you're talking a handful of pilots right from each country that are some of the best and just saying that out loud yeah. i was like dang dude like it actually like it, it just it rem- i never really said that about aj thinking about all the other stuff he's accomplished and it's just like yeah, man, that, that guy is he's really something else. Uh yeah. and I couldn't convey that to the girls, but uh he was super nice. He uh he happened to walk by, so we chatted for a bit and he got to meet the girls and uh it was just cool. AJ's AJ's uh he's a good dude. And it was obviously fun uh <laughs> yeah. copious amounts of Jameson with him at nationals, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so
1: how far yeah. away is Tracy from you?
0: Uh driving wise, it's about an hour.
1: That's it. I didn't that's realize it. how close I got this was. So that's pretty far from him then. Because he's in LA.
0: Yeah. And you're so, up by
1: San Diego, right?
0: No, no. San Diego's south of LA. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm by, <laughs> you're by Connecticut, right? I uh, was <laughs> no, just so kidding. I'm, I'm east of San Francisco. So I'm like, my house is like 40 minutes east of San Francisco. And Tracy is probably 2 hours east of San Francisco. Oh, cool. Um but yeah, it you know for him flying wise uh from Santa Paula is not it's not a bad flight at all. It's probably honestly it's probably an hour. It, it probably takes wow. him as long to to fly as it as me to drive. Um so it's not too too bad. Not too bad at all. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In fact that's um, the first so- thing he said. He's like, "Dude, I didn't know you were this far north." <laughs> when he saw it. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Yeah, man. yeah
1: but you're so you went there what why'd you go to use because it was just a something to do with the girls
0: so i mean i really wanted to be more involved there this year than i was i wasn't able to uh, i'll back up a little bit um my wife had planned a disneyland vacation with another family and it that's awesome butted up it actually it actually overlapped we were gonna stay until sunday and miss the entire contest then She's like, ah, you know, like, dude, like six days at Disney Disneyland sounds like a lot. And I was like kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go. And I was like, yeah, six days sounds like a fucking eternity. Can we like peel that back a little bit?
1: Yeah, because when the kids are like two and four or under five, it's a, it's it's exhausting it's in a good weight. way. Like, yeah, but like you're running around, you're carrying them, they're whining, they're always some, you know, it's like you don't you don't get to sit. Like you need a vacation after that.
0: I will say that seven and 10 was, a, was great ages to take the girls. Cause they could do everything. They understood everything. They loved everything. They weren't over anything. So like, you know, they see Moana. They're like, Holy shit. That's Moana. You know, they didn't say Holy shit, but um, I was like, girls look, Holy shit. That's Moana. And they're like, Holy shit. It is Moana. <laughs> no. Um, but they, they shit, really enjoyed it. <laughs> holy shit, dad. Look, it's Moana. Um, <laughs> But uh, so we ended up peeling it back to do three days at Disneyland, but we did, um the first day we kind of stayed at the hotel and there's a water park at the hotel but uh it was and and this isn't the podcast to talk about disneyland i guess but um i ended up having a fantastic time and it actually it it reaffirmed you know because tracy's a funny contest because for me because it's too close for me to have any excuse not to go and i'm the i'm the topic of conversation at the contest every when i went there (laughs) everybody that saw me was like dude we've been talking about you all week and i'm like oh great that's that's fucking awesome oh shit uh, yeah so <laughs> i'm the i'm the, uh. the the butt of all the jokes which is fine but being in at, at disneyland it really did like I, I had a moment there where i was like you know what there's no place i'd rather be right now than with my family at disneyland and i don't want to put this on hold to compete now i know that yeah. everybody's out there is, is shaking their iphones and and uh Screaming in their car, saying, "You don't have to do that. You can do both." I and I understand that, but the, like with, and again, I don't want to go down the weeds because we want to talk about Tracy. But I really did in the in that moment. I I loved being at Tracy and seeing everybody, and I love it. I love the environment. That contest yeah. we're gonna we've talk always about said you
1: don't need to fly to go to an airbag Like I I wish that more people would just go just to hang out, like fly in whatever airplane and just go hang out.
0: And also, like you know, like. I think in all reality, I'd probably, I'd probably do intermediate. I wouldn't do well, but I want to, I want to practice. I want to do the leg work. And that just takes, that takes dedication. Yeah, absolutely. And it would take dedication. And I, I maybe, you know what, when the girls are, you know, 16, they want nothing to do with me. I'll have all the time in the world to do uh contests. but um, I was really glad to go to Disneyland. It was really fun. Uh, but oh, I was yeah, really dude. glad that the, the, um, that the trip worked out to where I got back at Thursday night at midnight. So I knew I wanted to drive over Friday and drive over Saturday and just kind of hang out for a bit. And so that's what I did. I just, I, I wasn't able to like volunteer or like kind of dedicate any time to um, you know, any time other than just coming out with the girls. Cause I had the girls. Yeah. Emily went to work. So we hung out, you know, ate some smoothies. Uh, they had food trucks there. They had music. Uh, it I heard was it was sick. Super, AJ called me.
1: He's like, I don't know how they did it, but like it was. He was. It makes me want to go.
0: I gotta give. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Chapter 38 uh, and to Dean Hickman Smith, uh, Jake Carter, Joe McMurray, Dave Watson, um, and I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting a few people, but uh, all the volunteers, all the people that put that that um, contest together. I'm telling you, California is the new benchmark for how contests do they got they have their shit together you know borrego i always hear high marks about borrego uh down south uh but tracy is quickly it's kind of quickly becoming the spot they had 15 more contest entrants this year than they did last year which is great uh so it's really well attended um like i said food trucks um the chamber of commerce was out there the mayor of tracy came out the FAA was there and super happy with it. Everything went without a hitch. Uh, everybody was very, very happy that the contest was there. Everybody was happy to be there at Dude, the contest. The
1: trophies are look amazing. Go the to, trophies are this incredible. Type in IAC thirty eight, whatever, on your Facebook or whatever, you can see. They nailed shit, it. But they nailed it. So Absolutely what's the deal? Trophies. What's the deal with this now? They had so I ever hear about a contest. There's a, a quote unquote bank. Banquet. Um, it's not black. Yeah, you just...
0: <laughs> that's the other thing. <laughs> the banquet. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Wait, well, before I, I want you to tell me all about it, but the first, I just have one question because I, yeah. I know you're gonna answer all my other ones. What's the? It's in the. It's in the Patriots jet team's hangar. What's the deal with that whole operation? Is that just like? Because there's no way somebody's making money from like a five person you know formation jet team. Like, what's this? What's the backing behind that whole situation?
0: Well, most of them are are either airline or retired airline pilots, Randy, Randy Howell, who is kind of the head of the Patriots, um, former United pilot. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, there's sponsors, there's financial backing. They were, they were formerly sponsored by fries. I don't know who the, the title sponsor is for them now, if there is any, but, um, for those that are, are let's, let's roll this way. We're going to, we're going to roll this back a little bit in time. And I'm going to mention a jet team that is near and dear to my heart um that a lot of people will probably remember and that is the stoli migs which were two mig 17s beautiful red and had the stolen Shania, um logo on and they were sponsored by stoli and they were the stoli migs and they were an air show team that traveled all over then they became the smirnoff migs and then randy parked them um but they were a pretty iconic uh at least west coast jet team they performed fleet week every year they were at Se- Salinas, uh, Stockton air Show. They were a huge uh, thing to the point where they were actually put on. Uh, you know, this is back when we put air show, sponsored air show teams actually on posters. And you you would actually see those advertisements places, right? Like you'd be on the street and there'd be a Stoli advertisement on the side of a bus and it would have the Stoli Migs. And you're like, holy shit, the Stoli Migs. That's awesome. Um I think due to insurance is, is like kind of the last I heard this is years and years ago, guys. Uh, they, they kind of parked those, but those mags are still in the hangar. In fact, you can see that they still own them. He still flies them every now and again, uh, but they're not part of an air show team uh, anymore. Uh, they're kind of just his, and he plays with them when, mm-hmm. when he sees fit. But I think there was an insurance issue in, in terms of insuring that team, insuring those, those jets uh, to perform. It became cost prohibitive, which, kind of led him down the path of uh, the L-39. By the way, I'm probably speaking completely out of turn here. Um, and my plan to sidebar is to try to get Randy on. So Randy Hal and Corey Level have a team called the Sukhoi West demo team, which is a pair of Sukhois that they're going to be flying formation aerobatics uh, with. And they Corey just got his SAC card. They're performing at a show in San Carlos here coming up uh, a little air show, a little flying air show. I'm going to go try to see that June 17th uh, yeah. at the Hillary aviation museum. But um, I did talk to them about getting them on the podcast because one for Sukhoi West, that'd be a great thing to talk about, but uh, to talk about the Patriots and to talk about uh, the Patriots foundation, which is another, uh, which is a foundation they have a 501 C three. I'm sure, you know, I'm, there's a, I guess, long story short, probably a lot of different revenue streams that come in, but Ah, uh, that hangar is like Candyland. you know they they yeah. host a lot of events. They do a lot of good for the community. obviously, it's 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 a civilian jet team, you know? Ah, uh, money has to come from somewhere. I don't know, the ins and outs. I, I don't know if Randy would be willing to share that or 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 ah, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's anything nefarious. I'm just you know, it is kind of funny. You look at these teams and it's like we looked at the aeroshell team and and um uh, the Geico uh Sky Typers you know you see these civilian teams and they kind of get disbanded uh what was the other one uh Philip 66 right yeah uh i don't know i don't, i don't they're they're a great team i mean i think they're kind of the team you know we we saw a few other mixed like L39 mig teams what was that one that were black and white um
1: camo oh, the, yeah it was um by that uh military contractor Draken yeah um i can't remember the yeah, name of those. Jared Isaacman was the owner. Um, Yeah,
0: but they got disbanded. In fact, I saw somebody just bought uh, Black Diamond Jet Team. Black Diamond Jet Team. They were. I mean, I had really high hopes, and it was just kind of like they never. Just kind of they never made it. It was never really a a sustained thing. But the Patriots have been around forever, man. I I, I've been seeing them forever, and they're local. They're a hometown kind of you know hometown heroes, which is amazing, Um, and I'm fortunate to know. a couple guys that, that, that partake. Um, uh, I don't know Randy Howe personally, but I know Corey, uh, I've known him for a long time, long time, chapter 38, me, uh, member, uh, Michael Monero, uh, has worked with the team forever. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, I, I don't know. It's a cool team. It's a cool team. They're a cool jet team, very unique, uh, flying the L 39 civilian, uh, a lot of our, our former airline and or former, uh, Thunderbird Snowbird, Blue Angel pilots—you can look up the roster. But yeah, that they were really nice uh, to host the contest banquet in their hangar, and the pictures are freaking incredible. I mean, like, what yeah. better way to have a catered dinner at a banquet? You know, it wasn't at you a, stay a for Applebee's? Banquet? No, I couldn't. I, I, I initially planned to, and then something came up, and I couldn't. Uh, so yeah. I was super I'm, bummed about that.
1: I'm looking at the pictures, and Joey boflex looks like a Hawaiian Ric Flair.
0: Yep. Yep, Hawaiian Rick Flair, Hawaiian Michael Jackson uh, came to mind uh, when I saw the jacket. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't put a glove on. But he looks um, like
1: he could pass for like uh, like the world's worst magician, but nobody would say anything because he's jacked up and he'd probably rip your arms off. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. just me.
0: <laughs> no? I saw him. I, I I I got to hang out with him a little bit. He he is. I think he is more jacked.
1: Oh, he's scary jacked.
0: Yeah. You know, one of these days, I, I, whoever buys his super decathlon, I would check that frame. I would check the fuselage tubing. It's got to be, it's got to be like stretched out. Like when he like stretches his shoulders out, it's got to bend the fuselage.
1: Oh, it's, it's got to. You hear the airplane go, oh,
0: the airplane goes out.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. I just imagine like everything, like just everything on that airplane that's round and tubular is looks like something off of bowflex yeah yeah
0: it's i, I actually think there's Boflex tubing in the wings uh, that's what i heard But like
1: like his throttle instead of it being you know the stock throttle it's like you ever go to a cable machine at the gym and it's got like the uh the handle it's got the grip so like yeah. depending on how he's feeling he's just you know doing reps on the throttle.
0: It actually also has those pins so he can control the force of the throttle. So he's like, you know, I'm feeling pretty strong today. I'm like, I'm going to do 30 pounds for the throttle. Yeah. yeah he's like yeah. Un- pulls the pin out and puts it in the 30 weight.
1: Yeah. The thing yeah, in was- his super decathlon is the lat bar, the pull-down bar.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, oh, Joey. Mm. Yeah. He, he was in great spirits. Uh, everybody he's there awesome. was super happy. That contest, I'm telling you. Um, I know Dave Watson. It's been Dave Watson's dream. I think he wanted to get worlds there
1: um, to get whack there. Honestly, that's that wouldn't have been a bad idea. I mean, where I hate, I'm i not trying to be a dick, but where they have worlds scheduled, it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. I mean, I. I Here's know the
0: problem it, is the
1: logistics are easier at that location, but like it's not. I actually don't think they are.
0: I mean, think oh, about really? think about oh, you mean, even in Tracy or no. in uh, Gene
1: gene Nevada, where the whack is well, being held like
0: i guess it's more it's it's i'm using quote air quotes here it's more centrally located for u.s pilots but i mean dude what's like if you're if you're well i i mean i don't so borrowing airplanes seems to be more of the of the theme now right so uh less containering more borrowing There's three major airports in the Bay Area. You got San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco that have flights from all over the country multiple times a day. I'm sorry, all all over the planet multiple times a day. Uh, So airline service is taken care of, and you're two hours away. I mean, Vegas to Gene is uh, it's a little closer, but we're splitting hairs here. It's not like Salina, Kansas, where you're like, okay, if I'm gonna fly there from France, I have to fly into. I mean, I don't even know. Like, does Kansas City? have flights from frankfurt you know (laughs) from you know what i mean or from uh from paris they got to go somewhere major and then another connection flight and then a four-hour drive to do nationals or if worlds was held there uh i don't know i i don't know that like gene is like more optimal in that regard i guess maybe a little bit
1: yeah I mean, it's tough. I mean, you're always going to roll the dice with weather, but um, yeah, I just, I, so tell me more about the contest. So you showed up, it looked like a a ton of like, every type of aerobatic plane must have been there.
0: Yes. So including yours, including mine. Uh, So this is the closest I've ever been to a contest. My airplane was there and competed and I was there. So, you know, ipso facto, I basically competed.
1: Um, or, yeah,
0: exactly. So, so we can just kind of put that to bed now, I guess. Yeah, we can, we can stop talking about it, guys. You know, hey, you can. There you we go. Have to
1: do it. retire.
0: Yeah. Um. So, tons of airplanes there. There was three Great Lakes. There was a 150 aerobat that got third. Okay, that's freaking cool. Um, there was a Velox that Endo flew. Endo had to borrow uh, an airplane. Uh, uh, the the church. 300 uh, mid-wing, had a little boo-boo and was down for maintenance. So he had to borrow an airplane. And happened to borrow the Velux that was for sale a while ago. Um, I have no idea how he did. I didn't even look at the scores. I didn't get to see it fly. Um, but it was an interesting airplane to look at in person. There was yeah. two mid-wings, uh, two SCs, Chris Combs and AJ's SCs were there. I don't think there was an LX, and I don't remember if there was a 300L. But, uh, you know, super cathlons. A-
1: 260 that was there there's was an extra 260
0: yep greg savage's 260 was there there was Did i mention three great lakes there was three great lakes um i got to meet brian jones and miko in person which was oh, great i met so many people in person which is which is great from uh, socal that was that was awesome um they're just fantastic and it was I, I gotta say it was so and obviously dave's mx2 was there um god other airplanes uh tons of Pitts, uh Kevin Smith. Hey, shout out to Kevin. Um, I hadn't seen his his S2B in person. It is so clean. <laughs> I just recently got to see it in, in person. It's such a beautiful S2B. A lot of beautiful S1s. Uh there's uh g 200 two lasers.
1: Wow. Edges? Uh
0: there's not an there was an edge five. Yes, there was. There was an edge five forty. Um uh Tom Tom Holmes. Edge 540 was there. Gosh, I think it that's pretty like, much rounding it out.
1: Honestly, like if they. I'm going to. Bill I'm, Stein showed I'm up at his Swift. Bill Stein was stop. there and
0: watched. And uh, th- this is what pissed me off the most. I see a Swift over there and I'm like, oh, shit. It kind of looks like Bill Stein Swift. And I didn't see Bill at all. You know, there was no Hawaiian shirt wearing, you know, what's up, bros? Yeah, dude. What was around. What is
1: parrot heads called? Who is that? Jimmy Buffett? walking walking around with like a a, like a frozen margarita or like somehow he has
0: a frozen margarita
1: that never that never gets watery
0: yeah magic yeah it's always frozen
1: in a color changing Uh, glass
0: i didn't i didn't actually (laughs) see him but i I saw him post uh later on he's like oh it's fun to go hang out at the tracy contest so you just have you know legends amongst legends uh hanging out at, at contests uh which is great it was just such a well attended contest everybody was super happy the weather was perfect um the conditions were great the the box is a little challenging from what i, I was talking uh t- you know to a few people but the community there uh er, dude everybody was just it's just it's the benchmark for how a contest should be run. I'm telling you it's the benchmark live announcements uh uh live commentating music Three Everything that we drugs. said to do, they did.
1: And look what literally, happens. so Literally. really. The community was out there. should be thanking us.
0: They should be thanking us. Tracy Police was out there uh, uh, kind of giving tours. Um, and when I say well attended, when I drove there, it was hard to find a spot to park this year. Last year, not a problem. This year, literally, I mean, there was tons of cars. There was probably 100 people hang- just hanging out, man. Uh, yeah. Bench chairs uh, or picnic chairs out and uh, listening to music, watching the airplanes just good yeah. it was just a good energy vibe it was really really fun and i'm i'm super proud of everybody that that put their hard work in uh because it showed guys it really did so if you're within an earshot of this podcast and you had something to do with it like my hat's truly off to you i think everybody i think everybody saw it it, it, it was really evident this year that the, there was a step up of last year and last year was great so even no, um, I- Miko made a lot of comments, guys. Uh, Brian Jones did too, just like how well that contest looked and 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 went off. So my hats off to you guys. It was yeah. really impressive.
1: Yeah. No, I'm honestly gonna make a big. I I can't promise, but I definitely want to see about going. If if I'm flying decent, I'll I'm gonna really try to go. Um, and I think that like if they did a um, had like a super D or something similar. That you know was for rental. I wonder if people would fly out for that are normally not in that area. Like, you know, it could be in the, you know, Kansas area, the Midwest or the East Coast, Southeast. And and um kind of similar to what they did in Texas. Remember they had like that super decathlon contest where people kind of came from all over. Yep. And I wonder if Tracy um would if they could do that, just have a uh, a super D there for people that jump in and create like Almost like you can create a separate category for like tra- the transient sportsman category, where like only pe- people from outside of a a six hundred mile I don't know whatever the heck you know and um, you know do something like that I don't know but um, it, that, was to to that was my dream.
0: That uh, was my dream when I worked for the flight school uh, that I used to work at. One um, of I really like I have said it on the podcast before, but early on in that in in the relationship with that school. The owner had asked, like, you know, kind of, you know, what are some things we could do to make the school really stand out and really be great, Um, which in hindsight, um, he didn't give a shit about. But anyway, topic for another podcast. But one of the things I said is that we need to we need to have a really good relationship with IAC 38. Um, And, you know, at the time, we had a 300L, Super D and an S2C. And I said, we need to bring these all three airplanes to every contest on the West Coast and allow people to rent them. You know, yeah. require require a safety pilot f- or something like that cuz you know that's that's a little hard like to just give somebody the keys and you're completely unknown. But uh you know, if you got a checkout and in the those airplanes once a, you know you got a ch- an initial checkout, let's say, right? A couple hours with this maybe you already had extra time and you get uh you do a flight with an instructor and then it's like, "Hey, maybe you do a currency flight every year, but those airplanes are at Barego apple valley kalinga delano tracy wherever these contests may be uh uh willie j fox and you can count on those airplanes being there and you could pay i actually think that would be kind of lucrative as a flight
1: school owner you know and i'm just thinking too like you know with this whole international competition stuff like not to say screw screw europe but it's a pain in the dick getting over there and you know the icing on the cake was like the the minimal effort for some or most or a bunch of Europeans to come here because they, you know, with not wanting to ship airplanes, but it's almost like we should just forget Europe and treat like Canada, West coast, East coast, like East coast is a different country than a West coast and have like, not like a national or obviously not a world, but it'd be like how do Europeans at the European aerobatic championship, the German aerobatic, you know, and we can kind of create more of like a, a bigger moment for a contest, like hype it up, you know? So like we were talking at the beginning of the contest where Ryan invited me to go to that contest in Canada, which is like a two hour flight for me. And, you know, when you look at it at, on as a whole, it's like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. You cross the border, you go to a different, you know, you're in a different country um, and you're flying in a, you know, uh, a Canadian uh, contest and same thing, like where maybe we should really separate West coast and East coast into two to, you know, quote unquote uh, countries, whatever, and you know it makes it kind of like oh, like let's you know bring the East Coast team against the West Coast team and and do our own type of Siva, whatever you want to call it, and because I think a lot of people like Rob and AJ and Johnny and and um, you know even people like Chris Combs that are, are super into it, you know want that higher level competition. But to sacrifice that much time away from your airplane, shipping it, and, you know, let alone the money, just to, to get that feeling of, of competing at a higher level to go to Europe, maybe we can create that here and create yeah. different sections and, and championships that way, like at East Coast, West Coast. I mean, similar to the NFL, like the NFC and the AFC, like they don't need to, to uh, theoretically, you know, with what I'm talking about, they don't need two different um What am I trying to think of here? Um, Not teams, uh, two squads, not squads. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So like, why not, you know, West Coast, West Coast against East Coast and draw a line in the middle of where, you know, uh, of the U.S. I like it. You know, like I would be into that, that that's to me, like I look at that and that's a realistic, that's realistic for me to get into shipping my plane to europe and the money um and and that level like competing against a french military team that basically that's their you know i can't i i i never i'm not trying to be so uh pessimistic but like i'm i can be at that level if i am on a military you know feel like I could train up and and be good just like them. if If I was in the French military or doing what they're doing, but like I can't afford and I don't have the time. Like I'll, I'm not going to be at that level. That's not, that's just not in my cards, you know, but something like this, like I can compete and train here and then ferry my airplane, fly my airplane to the middle of the country. Or if it has to be on the West coast, the West coast, that's not, that's not so unrealistic to do. You know what I mean? And it's a higher level of competing, you know, and, and you're kind of like satisfying that, that, uh, that goal or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it's interesting, right?
0: Super. Yeah. No, I I love ideas
1: like that. You know, and then like, you can have a West coast championship, East coast championship, and then nationals can be, well, I I see isn't going to adapt this, this whole thing that we're hypothetical fantasy land thing, but, um, and then you can have nationals as well, where it's just like, you know, that's where you get your singular champion, you know, the best in the, in the, in North America, you know, at this point. Yeah. And technically you're technically, you know, something I'm just thinking, no, I'm wrong. Cause the nationals is held by, I got to figure out the specifics and I'm sure somebody like, um, um, Aaron would know and a lot of other people with the IAC, International Aerobatic Club, doesn't, are they responsible for nationals? I always forget how that works.
0: Oh, they, they, yes. They, they host nationals. Um,
1: For the U.S. Is that how it's
0: worded? Yeah.
1: Because like, because I was just thinking I'm wrong, but uh if the IAC, no, I that's is, right. If it's the IAC Nationals, then Rob winning is technically the best in the world because it's international.
0: Yeah, that's it's kind of like it's kind of that that like that thing you, where Siva? like where like you know, um, baseball you know it's like the World Series, but it's right. It, it's kind of a similar thing because because it's not a, it Nationals isn't a Siva event, although does unlimited do you fly Siva figures?
1: Um, they're adapting a lot every, every year that goes on and, and kind of seems to get closer, right? This is, this is another, this is a, not for today because we'll yeah, be here for our days. Uh, but every year they adapt a new, new, and new rule, uh, from Siva and, yeah. um, you know, um, we'll talk about that another day, but yeah, it seems like the IAC is, is moving in the direction of, of Siva, which isn't necessarily bad for unlimited but I I do Well, I guess if you're that, playing
0: in that sandbox, right? For for unlimited specifically. Uh,
1: well the categories, the, the, the name of the category is is you, you can't argue you shouldn't is, It shouldn't limit it. Yeah, it's unlimited. <laughs> so like yeah. primary through advanced, um, I completely disagree. I I I hate um where advanced is at this point. I think that oh,
0: how, what, how come? Um, I
1: think it's it's way too intimidating um, to to people that don't that cannot donate the the time not donate that can't give the amount of time it takes to get good at that category and be safe. Um, and I think that they're, you know, they're making the figures a little bit more, not a little bit. They're making the figures a little bit more demanding on the airplane. So you're it's similar to where Unlimited was when people were flying extra 230s and, and hyped up pitches where, you know, you're just you're beating the hell out of an airplane and, and to an extent, you know, you do have to fly, you know, a little bit more aggressive, but yeah. You know, right now in advance, like you, we saw, we were there and, you know, we saw Johnny O who I, I, he's one of my favorite pilots to watch um, to be honest with you. Um, And he was flying an S1T and there's, there's an unknown selection, which is Siva Siva adapted. It's a free unknown uh, where, you know, the top, I guess uh nine pilots or six pilots uh pick figures and you have to design a sequence around that um and you know the s c the the extra drivers you know are picking these 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 figures that you know it doesn't matter if you're Jesus, you know you're not gonna make it just the energy management and 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 designing a sequence with other figures it's sometimes you're just not gonna be able to fly you know, a figure to a 10 or to a higher score. It sucks. You know, we yeah. saw it. So like advanced, I think, needs to to take it down a notch. And it's not it's not to 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 make it easier. It, I think it's it's to make it at a level where more people can get involved and be competitive and and want to progress into unlimited. You know, like there's, yeah, right. it's kind of crazy when you look at advance right now, and it's and it's filled with SCs. It's yeah. abs- it's it's crazy, you know. Or, you know, it's. I I think that we're just, and I've said this before, and and it's just my opinion, but I think that we're appeasing a a, a small amount of people that that don't want to, you know, for instance, like in advance the big reason why people don't move to unlimited is because they don't want to do the negative G's. So instead they'll put in more positive G, you know, more difficult figures, which is what's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. to appease that, that certain, you know, that small group. And it's not wrong that they're, that it's being, it's not wrong that it's, it's going this direction because unfortunately, you know, uh, people don't speak up, you know? So like, know with the internet and facebook it's i think it's getting really much better that people are voicing their opinions and um but what what i'm getting at is um because of what's going on like it's not as inexpensive to fly like you can't build you know the days of building a pits and flying in intermediate advance you know we don't see that happening very often and it's the cost the cost to do it you know the engines what an engine cost from light combing is tremendous. So like, what I don't understand is you you can you can correlate the two. Where if costs are going up and you know uh, attendance is going down, why would you make difficulty? Why would you make that graph go up as well? Like if pe- if costs are going up, uh, hypothetically, you know people training the amount of time that they're training and running gas through the tank. Um, is going down. So you're not going to be as 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 good uh, for lack of a better term as you know you could be because it's just expensive and gas is six, seven dollars a gallon. And um it's not like it was a dollar. So you're not training as much. So if you have pilots that aren't training as much, if you have skyrocketing costs on on maintenance and and costs, why are we making the category more difficult to to a select few that can afford an SC? um in advance or intermediate you know it, it to me it makes no sense because we're just basically pricing everybody else out of the category in a in a in a you know in a, a less powered or an airplane that um just really can't can't do those figures uh
0: do you think do you think that if we we kind of um how do i how do i say this this is a little bit different than, um, than like how Rob w- was kind of, um, propositioning, uh, a category in between, right? But what about maybe adding a category in between intermediate and advanced, but almost separating advanced and unlimited into a, almost a parallel track within the IAC, but, but almost separate in terms of, you have primary sportsman, intermediate, and then then something. But the advanced and unlimited is like different ball game. It's focused. It's literally it's it's yeah. it's um, structured differently. It's viewed differently. They're flown differently. Because it is it, it's it, it it's we've God we've been talking about this since the podcast inception of, of how um i mean i don't know how hard f- literally they are to fly but the just looking at it and from your perspective and everybody else's pers- uh, perspective of advanced to unlimited um and inter- intermediate to advanced and my own personal opinion that that anything with a team is a professional track you're working f- you know full time in advanced to to get w- where you're at and unlimited same thing i mean yeah. nobody nobody is resting and unlimited nobody is sitting to the side and being like yeah i i, I dabble i mean if they do they're either fly dangerous and we all know those pilots we've seen them or they they fucking suck yeah it's it's a hardcore rich person's professional part of the sport and maybe maybe it's time to treat it like that yeah i mean like- the, yeah, the you're first gonna, you're argument gonna, you're gonna go poor you're gonna go poor doing this because you love it so much and you want to do it so much and you need it yeah to fly advanced or unlimited yeah buy an sc buy an mx fuck off with your yeah. s1 we don't care just, the just thing. you know like almost like identify as that
1: yeah and i sent you the whole i I made a whole you know um, yeah graph and it's it's the numbers are don't lie um as far as attendance and 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 whatever, but you know, and everybody can argue. Oh, this airplane can do it. Oh, like Jeff, stop being you know a little bitch in, and and wanting to make it easier. And it's like it's not that I want to make it easier. It's just I can <clears throat> I I can see and I talk to people that that won't even get involved because they're not. A lot of people are not going to commit to something that they're going to suck at you know and usually people that can afford an airplane can can calculate you know time and and costs and what it's going to take you know and and not very little you know it won't take them a lot of time to calculate that and they're going to go okay I can't this is, this is not realistic to me to do like you know maybe a 17 year old with a trust fund or or daddy money will just go jump in and not care but like you know a guy with a family and and a budget and you know, career and obligations. Like I just went to, I had a dance recital. I got swim meets, I got, you know, Mason, all this crap. Like, it's not like I don't work, fly, you know, fly whenever I want and have dinner waiting for me. Like that's not the way life works for most people. So, you know, I think we're underestimating the value of people that can really calculate where, you know, what it takes and not even wanting to put a foot into the water. You know, and, like, so my point is, is, like, there's no reason to make sportsmen more difficult. Like, it should be an easy category to me. Like, it should just have more, to me, it should just have more figures and whatever. Like, I don't want to get into specifics because you're you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to spur progression and people moving into a new category. Like, everybody was arguing, oh, Jeff, like, you know Yes, it can. This you can fly sportsman and, and do well. It's like, okay, well, then why aren't people in decathlons flying intermediate? Why do are we right. not seeing a shit ton of decathlons in intermediate? It says it can fly it. It's in the it's in the thing that super decathlon fly. Why are we not seeing it? It's because it's too difficult. And people, you know, are challenged. The the sportsman is really built around a super decathlon. It, it that airplane can fly really good. Sequence. A of sata- once, what is it, 150 horse, 140 horse sataabri cannot fly that sequence really as good as, as that and, and not good at all, to be honest with you. I don't think uh, without, yeah. you know, exceeding limits and starting, you know, that's a whole nother talk. But my point is, is that why do we have to make, what's the big deal about sportsmen? Like it's a cool category and it's, an, it's, it's where a lot of people don't really go to primary. They'll go right into sportsmen. So, you know, let them meet their goals. Like we talked about this already, like meet your goals and then keep going. But like you get into sportsman and it's like, all right, that's enough. Because now intermediate has got half flicks, you know, it's got all this. It's, it's, it's a big step. It's got an unknown and, and all this other crap. So like you're going to, so now we're just making sports more difficult because people, because intermediate is too hard, but the real argument should be, well, why, why are we not seeing the, Super D, like the Satabria is my argument to sportsmen. So, like, theoretically, then, like, people should not be afraid to move into intermediate at that point. Yeah. Because, like, they don't want to be, these Super Decathlon guys do not want to beat a Satabria guy in a 140-horse airplane, flying, you know, barely making it through. Because the Super D can barely make it through and score well in intermediate. I'm not talking about Mike Lentz flying or Rob Holland. Like, let's not get things you know twisted here. Right. Average pilots. Like we all know that that some of these guys like Rob and you know Lance and RJ Gritter, like they can fly the balls off of a a super D. We get that. But let's the businessman or the guy with the nine to five job flying once twice a week like or whatever. Like what he's not flying a super D in intermediate. The same reason why we're not seeing one forty horse asymmetrical non-inverted system is flying in sportsman it's too difficult yeah
0: and it's not fun at those levels if it's not fun people aren't going to do it
1: it needs to be fun yeah so like now you're not even getting a satabria guy in sportsman because it's too difficult and you're not going to want to do primary and fly go away from your family for three four days and fly four figures like or five figures whatever's in primary you know yeah. So, like, that's my point. Like, sportsman is not a category that should be stayed in. You know, maybe for the guy, you know, for the average guy in the Great Lakes and like whatever. But like, and not to say like other airplanes can fly in it, but like, you know, for the person that's kind of taking it a little bit more and wants to progress, but is on that budget and and has a family and time constraints, like there shouldn't we should be seeing more. We should be seeing. We should want people to, to keep moving because you have you have three more categories above sportsmen and we're not even getting most of these people into intermediate I mean intermediate right now like you don't even when you think intermediate you don't think of a of a of decathlon or or any type of airplane like that you think immediately like monoplane I don't even think pits when I think of that category at this no. point so many mean. monoplanes in it and that's not I don't think that's good and like everybody you know some people that listen to the show there's and i i really respect you know people that were against my opinion on this but they're diehard aerobatic guys like they love aerobatics they breathe it they drink you know eat it sleep it and and you can't look at it from your standpoint like that because you're gonna progress you know with people yelling at you in a face not to do it but you know we want the we want to grow our base we want to get content contest attendance numbers up. And I think the only way to do that is to make it a realistic, for the average, average person to do good. And I'm saying, I'm not saying when, like we got into this whole argument with Joe Murray on, on training camps. And I'm not saying that like the average person should be able to like the guy training more should win or co- I get that, but you know, he should be competitive, uh, Pretty competitive in in that category, and we should, you know, like just talking out loud about this. Like, yeah, like why are we not seeing a lot more decathlons and intermediate?
0: It's a good question. I mean, yeah. we only saw a couple at the contest. Most were most were pits, and uh, right. and others. Yeah, yeah. I think starting to see a decline of that. Absolutely.
1: I mean, if if advanced, if it think about it this way, if advanced was when. The category had the 200 horsepower rule, you know, for worlds. Um, the advance is a lot easier than it is today. Yeah. Um, do you think that if advance was like it was back then, intermediate was like, what, and so on and so forth. I would bet a ton of money that people like Lee Hubner, Jerry Esquiniza, or however you pronounce it, um, Justin, you know, Batman, those, they would be in advance right now. And doing well, it can be not today's advance. I'm talking about back then advance right. At, right. at that level, they would be, and you know something, they would feel really fucking good about it because you know what? They started in sportsman, they did good. They went to intermediate, they did good. And they're meeting these goals and progressing. And you know, right. what? maybe they stay in advance or maybe like you said, maybe at, if it was that way, it would, it would, it would pay to have a category like excellence, like they do in France that in between advance and unlimited where you could take it a step further you know but like to create another category right now and not have have the attendance it's not worth it doesn't seem like it would work you know um but like you just you're not getting progression you're getting frustration out of a lot of people and i can i'm not going to name names but like i've spoken to the people that like are flying the airplanes that would do really well in in advance and that are trying to keep up right now and it's just it's not pilotability Guarantee you that, not fucking pilotability. Um, and it's frustrating for me. And like, I'm I. Sh- if anything, I don't need to argue this. Like, I did advance. I did. I did pretty good. And I had the. And I had the airplane. And I am arguing okay. Against
0: you did okay. So like, you're, you're nothing to shake a stick at.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't need. That's my point. Like, I don't need to waste my time arguing this if I didn't really believe in it. You right. know. And um. And I think that you know. We're seeing, you know, I don't know the numbers on it, but it would be interesting to look at how long, what the turnover rate is for somebody who comes in and sportsman and um, how long, you know, the average person we're talking about and how long they last in the club before leaving. And what, what I would assume would be frustration. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think it's worth a try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you make the sportsman easy for next year, intermediate easy for next year. I mean, you're gonna get like. So if if Lee and I love Lee, and he wouldn't do this, so that's why I kind of, I'm using him as an example. Like so, if next year we make sportsman easier, intermediate easier, and advance easier. And the and the um, and over the I think it's in like December or whatever or November. Then no one's come out, and it's easy easier advance comes out. I will bet, you know. whatever, with Lee, that Lee is going to compete in advance. He is going to move up. It's yes. And and I guarantee you, he would, whether he admits it or not, he would appreciate the progression to this advanced category that's quote unquote easier and 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 just easier because, you you know, you're learning more figures, but not as many. And he a guy like that can look at that category and he's going to train and he knows that you know he'll be able to be competitive and not not look at it like an Everest type of mountain decline and it'll right. keep him involved in the sport but it's not gonna like I don't see how it can hurt us trying this out like we're not losing people so if people in sports are like oh it's too easy we'll go to intermediate what's it's right. easier than what you sh- what it's already there like you should be intermediate to begin with but you're not but like it's 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 easier intermediate like move move up in category you go and like leave sportsmen to the sportsmen, to the, to people getting into the sport or who want to dick off a little bit you know or whatever like that's what that that category is not should not be not not necessarily competitive but it shouldn't be a category where people want to stay in you know what i mean so like that that's my argument like oh well advanced uh, intermediates two we'll move to advanced you know and my only yeah. the, the thing that would suck is for the advanced pilots Because I get the unlimited with pushing and negative G's, like I get it, and that's where you know maybe having a a, a middle ground category with unlimited advance would pay to just keep advance where it is now, but create like a a nineties advance, like leave advance where it is now, whatever, but create like a in between intermediate and advance, yeah, that category, you know, and like, but there's an I feel like you can argue. super easy to people that are going to be against it like oh it's too easy well fucking move up man stop sandbagging move up you know
0: do you think it's an element where people just want to stay in the category that they're doing well at and uh have the reassurance of flying a category and doing well at something and not wanting to do not wanting not necessarily starting at the bottom of the pack because that's not necessarily how it always works i would love to
1: answer this question because I, I it's a multitude of things. So number one, every person in sportsman that flies the balls off their airplane know that if you want to win an intermediate in a Super D, you're going to have to fly the balls off of it. And they don't want to hurt their airplane. That's number one. Number two, they know that their airplane um, it won't be as competitive because it's saturated with monoplanes and intermediate. Number three, um, to that level of commitment of being good in intermediate is going to take more time and maybe they don't have that to commit. So like there's a multitude of reasons, and most of the time it's it's not to the the large majority. And I think that we all know that right now to be competitive and in intermediate and in a super decathlon, you're pushing that airplane pretty hard. Um, and um, you know, like everybody talks about super decathlons and snap rolls, right? Like I had a super D, I did snap rolls with it within the limits. And uh, I pop rivets on the uh, inboard uh, false rip, you know, rear to f- uh, left fuel tank. Um, I had other people talk to me about snap rolling them and the greenhouse came out. You know, like the airplanes, are, it's tough and intermediate on that airplane. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Totally agree. It's, it's,
0: it's, and it's not, the problem with the Super D and some other airplanes too, I, I would actually put the Pist S2B in the same category where, you could do things within the envelope, within within limits, on speed, and over time the airplane just doesn't handle it well. I had a greenhouse come out on an inverted flat uh, on a super decathlon. You know that that airplane gets weird. That that frame twists. It's it's not as structurally sound as as some other airplanes. Uh, things twist and American bend. Champion,
1: like the head yeah. guys, and talk to him about the intermediate and go through the intermediate sequence with him and let let him tell us what he thinks about the airplane flying that air, you know, like talking about like one of the engineers.
0: Yeah. I, I I would be really curious because um, they, they just, you know, could, you know, it's not an airplane like it, like an extra, you can fly an extra to the limit. You can fly an extra to the limit. You can fly an extra beyond the limit. You know, I, uh, I won't say whether people do or not, but let's be real people, you know, I think they do. Um in some cases. But oh, did I lose you?
1: Yeah, I'm back now.
0: Oh, gotcha. Um yeah, if if you if you if you know flying an extra or even an s2c, you know, those have problems too. Uh, but an extra you can fly. You can fly an extra pretty much as hard as you want. Um, unless you're AJ, then you can find the limit. Yeah, few people find the limits in an extra, but you're talking, you're talking an exceedance. You know, there's air show routines and unlimited flying that that you're you're flying at the limit all the yeah. time, and and these airplanes take it.
1: And uh, honestly, like,
0: within the limits, it doesn't take it. it. You you know that airplane is absolutely approved to do snap rolls, and I can't remember what the snap speed is it's like ninety or something like that. Eighty five or something. Eighty five. Like yeah, you could snap them. You can snap that airplane at speed, never go a mile an hour above it and i I promise you you'll have problems eventually yeah. there's everybody that's like, oh dude, you know what people only have fuel tank issues or they or they pull rivets um, no. when they exceed no it's 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 absolutely not i i I promise you you can, I've had windows break uh I've had the side windows pull out Th- those are, those airplanes just and I, I've never I'm not somebody that flies super hard. You know, I'll say, "Shit, oh, I'm ready to go. Let's go, fucking fly the wings off this thing." And it's like that's not—it's tongue in cheek. It's not. I'm not. I'm not out exceeding G limits. I'm not snapping thirty miles an hour above the approved speed. Those airplanes just do not—they don't hold up to regular in limit maneuvers over time. You you have to watch them. You you're gonna in, in in the B you're gonna crack ribs. It's you're just gonna do it. You're going to crack ribs in the top wing of a B. You're going to uh, have fuel tank issues or pull rivets in a super decathlon or a greenhouse or side windows. Um, it's just going to happen. Hell, even I'm sure yeah. even ribs. I'm sure people jack with ribs, although metal spar and um, metal rib, you know, American champion later wings are are, are pretty good. But. ah. You know, it's so like, like, and like becoming an airplane that's not the best suited platform for what what the categories are doing, especially in the intermediate. It's just not that's not an airplane like I, I would love to know. I would love to talk to Lentz about this. That plane mostly sits in Sportsman, the UND airplane, right? I, I don't know how many do intermediate in that airplane uh, or or their airplanes. They uh, just Lentz. Just Lentz, right?
1: Yeah, just Lens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would still even though just Lentz does. I would still love to know what they do on that airplane, if anything, uh, every year. I I bet they get extensive rebuilds annually.
1: Well, who knows? But like, you know, and even like for your case, like, you know, looking at you with this, um, if we went to to the categories the way they used to be. I feel like you would be more enough to commit to compete because you're looking at it. as like, okay, like obviously you have a low, you know, you have a lot of time flying aerobatics. So sportsman, although like it's a good place to start, you you want to challenge yourself more. So then you look at intermediate and you're like, okay, I can, I can do intermediate. That's a challenge. But I know that you're probably looking at advanced and you're like, fuck no, like that's just not. So like now you're going to enter into a sport where there's no progression for you. Like right now, looking at you, like, there's no progression. Like I can't see you wanting to do advanced at all. And like yeah. the fun part about competing or region, like, cause we're not getting paid for this. And the fun part about the IEC and being a member and going to these contests is the, is part of it is the progression. Like I started in sportsman and loved it. And then when I went to intermediate, um, you know, I felt accomplished, you know, I was ready and I it was challenged and it was a good step and i really enjoyed it and then from intermediate i went to you know obviously advanced and like when i did that i went i remember you know signing up at the registrar. i was like holy crap like i used to look at some of these guys signing up for advance when i was in sportsman or we just being at a contest and not flying being like holy shit i can never and then like you know just last year like i went to the to the the contest landed and went and i remember walking in there like holy crap i'm gonna actually sign up for unlimited like i never thought and it was such like a you know an aha moment where it's like wow this is you know for me it was like wow this is really i've really not feel accomplished but like it was uh what's the right term like it just felt good like like sure you know worth it like a goal whatever you want to call it like moving up categories is a lot of fun and like you can't argue you know, we can get the Don on here. We can get Matt Chapman on here. And I guarantee you that, like, they'll not, they might not remember the specific contest or date, but they know that when they moved from sports intermediate, intermediate event, whatever, they knew that that day was, like, really a sense of achievement. Sure. And they could probably tell you which category that they moved into was, like, the biggest, like, like, oh, my God, moment for them, or, you know, with category movement. Um and, and that's, that's a lot of fun. And we're not seeing that. And I, I think a lot of people, if they were to do that, they would stay within the sport more. And, yeah. um, you know, they would probably be at a higher level of flying and competing at this point. Because it's more, it, the goals are more in sight for them and not so much like, they're look, you know, maybe they're looking at it as a three year thing and it's it's not realistic, but like, you know, two year, two year, two years, so you're six years, you know, and then they'll be at a higher category. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get some people calling us like, whatever, that we want to make it easier, category creep and all this crap, and you know, whatever, argue with me, but like why are people not competing in the airplane that's specified in intermediate? That's or why aren't a lot more people competing in that category? And you know, with the super decathlon, yeah, you know, like we just seen. I'll give a shout out to Pete Muntin, who's a great guy, and I love him dearly. And I was looking at uh, going to forget which contest, I think it was, uh, I forget, but he signed up for it and, and intermediate. And through the years, I've known. Heat from, you know, being in the region and, and seeing him at contests. And he's been just an assassin in sportsman. And this year I saw him intermediate and in, registered an in intermediate. And I was like really happy, like super happy for him. Cause that's a big jump. And more so like he's flying a super D. So I'm like, wow, this guy. And it kind of goes to what we're saying here. Like I, you know, automatically thought like this guy is probably training his ass off and he's going to make that airplane work. And he must be really good. Yeah. To fly a super D intermediate and like, you shouldn't have to be really, really good. Why does the, the airplane that can make it through the sequence in a category, which is kind of sounds weird when you say it out loud. It, you know, it's like one of those
0: things that it, it it should go without saying, I feel like, but
1: yeah. yeah. Like anybody doing like the intermediate, I forget last year, this year, whatever the heck, where do you put that half snap rule in? Um, which is an easy figure to do but a really hard figure to do really well um like who who is practicing half flicks in a super decathlon tell me and I'm not talking about like RJ like nobody name name me some some normal dude in freaking california with a super decathlon that's practicing half flicks like give me a, a break you know and it's like and then you're gonna get, get people that are gonna argue with us and it's like okay well argue all you want but like Contest attendance and 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 everything don't those numbers don't lie. Yep. So
0: Yeah, agreed, dude. We'll see. Well said, my friend. Well said. So box over. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap this bad boy up?
1: Uh I guess we gotta give a shout out to uh Lyft for Tracy.
0: Yeah. You know that that's another thing. Um and this isn't, to, uh, obviously, Lyft is a supporter of their podcast. I love Lyft. Everybody knows that. No secret there. But I can't think of a cooler company more involved in kind of this facet of aviation than, than Lyft. I love it. I hope, yeah. hope it inspires more companies to kind of get more involved. But they are super involved, man. They just will yeah. sponsor every contest, and I love it. Couldn't be happier. Um, one of the partners in my airplane uh, won a helmet at the auction at the banquet at Tracy and then every serious? category. Yeah. Yeah. And then every, um, every category first place got a free pair of shoes. That's amazing. It's cool. Lyft does a lot, man. They donate a lot. I, I, you know, I, I sing Todd and uh, Braden Lentz's praises a lot, but they are, uh, they do they are They are real awesome ambassadors for the sport in terms of a company showing love. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, congrats on your airplane competing. I know it took it was a lot.
0: <laughs> it Did was well. a, it, It's uh, it's a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Richo, uh, it was Richo's uh, first contest. Uh, he owns a Super Decathlon, which is, you know, maybe we need to get him on the podcast because he owns a Super Decathlon yeah. and he's a partner in my airplane and um, went from sportsman to intermediate and chose to go obviously, you know he has the extra might as well use that for intermediate. So it was his first contest in intermediate and um the intermediate the, here's the other thing is like well gosh, we should talk about this and uh, we should we, we got to make notes for the next episode, but is is intermediate becoming the new sportsman in terms of attendance in some markets because it uh, intermediate was hugely attended. At Tracy, really big field. Big field. I I don't know that it was bigger than Sportsman, but it might have been as big.
1: I'm actually pulling it up right now. Um,
0: and the scores were crazy. We've talked about the high scoring in California before. Um, you know, Richo got like second to last, but he got like a 70 in the overall.
1: Yeah, he got 70.71. Uh, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9 10, 11, 12 intermediate pilots. Yeah. Uh laser laser 230 intermediate S1S intermediate so it goes uh top to bottom wins. Uh Josh Horwich, uh he won in the laser 230. Congrats, man. Yep. Um yep. then it went pits S1S, laser 200 Pitts S1S, Powell, Miko, Great Lakes, love that 80%. Yeah. It's incredible. Smashing it. Um S2B, Great Lakes, Brian Jones, crushing it. 78, Hell really yeah. tight scores. Yeah. Uh Dude, like Eagle The first won. half of
0: the field were like 80% almost.
1: Yeah. And like, look at advance right now, like extra 330 LT, edge 540, the uh, S2S pits, 300 yep. g like Shit. <laughs> and then, uh, AJ one, uh, unlimited followed by Dave Watson, Uh super tight scores there too. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it looks like yeah. Dave flew really well. Yeah, it, it incredible contest. I mean uh I it makes me want to go. I gotta be honest. Makes me I go. was
0: really impressed, man. I was really impressed. I'd love to see um I'd love to see nationals there. I'd love to see a worlds there. I think this contest is gonna be coming the premier I could see it becoming the premier West Coast contest. It's the contest to attend. I could I could easily see it. If the, cause they're constantly trying to improve it every year. The, the goal is to make it better every year, not just have it, but to be better every year. And that and yeah. I mean, they just really crush it. I, I cannot say it enough. How impressed I was at the entire operation of Tracy. Everybody was yeah. super happy to be there. Everybody was super happy to have the the contestants there. The airplanes there. There was no issues. No drama. No complaints. And I'm not even talking about intercontest drama. I'm talking about with the city, with the population, with the airspace, with the F.A. Nothing. It was nothing. Impressive. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, it was it was really, really impressive. So uh, I hope everybody is patting themselves on the back that had a part in that because I was really impressed.
1: Yeah, no, really cool. I'm just looking through all the intermediates and like there's been like two or three. So far this year, that two or three pilots, uh, two or three, um, sorry, super catalans, um that have competed in intermediate out of however many. I mean, the intermediate category at the um, Mark Fullerton Memorial Barabash. Yeah. Was, this is the intermediate category. Um, so I'll, I'll read off who won uh, first through third. Jerry, followed by Lee, followed by Corey. Uh, congrats, guys. And this is nice. the way the planes lead. The, the planes uh read 300 extra 300s extra 300s extra 330 sc fits sdb fits s1s startica s600 dr 107 fits stb <laughs> some guy like and then like you know there's no yeah obviously there's no super decathlons yeah um yep and then uh for advanced at that category and i, I know it's i'm making an unfair argument because like maybe nobody it's flying a super D near there. Um, advanced right, category right. for Bear Creek, Kyle Collins, who I don't know, but he's been putting up some really high numbers. So yeah, seems like a great, great pilot. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Panzel 300 330 SC game bird, Panzel 300 L 300 S already advanced, no unlimited. Um, there was a super decathlon that flew in, um, Mike Egan, Duel in the Desert. Yep, I don't know him, but... Mike's awesome. 74%. Really cool score. He beat out um, an S1S and an S1S. Um, really
0: cool. My, Mike's an assassin. He's he's a great guy. Long time IAC 38 competitor. Great guy.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, if anybody complains to us in a Super D or or whatever, that's Flying Sportsman, I guess you can't complain because you're not flying, because you're not moving into Intermediate. Is that right? Yeah.
0: I like it. Is
1: that what I we're agree. making? The, uh We need a little bit of drama. There hasn't been enough drama in the past couple months, so we got to spur up some more talk. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We, we need, we need, you know, we got to up the drama a little bit more.
1: We've been too. we've been following not following the rules, but we've been, you know, our, uh, our editor hasn't, hasn't corrected us with the, uh, Oh, we've been running these shows, so We're gonna give <laughs> some stuff to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. Well, shit, man. Let's stick a fork in this one and we'll uh, we'll come back next week with some more drama. What do you think? I love it. Guys, lift aviation, show them some love. Send them an email thanking them for their support for aerobatics. Uh, better yet, go buy some shoes, go buy a helmet, buy an e board, buy a flight cap. All kinds of stuff, but they're um they're just they're crushing it. Liftaviationusa.com use the promo code Shit at checkout for twenty-five percent off most items. Uh go support Bobby Holly, Father Bobby, Father Rob, Father Robert, Fly good Merch. Promo code is Acro a K R O at checkout for 10% off the entire website. And what else? Anything else?
1: Um not too much else. There's uh, just a little bit of uh, emails going around today on, say Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, for the warranty contest in uh, Virginia. Um, might cancel it because of uh, the smoke. So because of
0: smoke. Yeah, yeah. Thanks all that. Thanks a lot,
1: Canada. You guys are great.
0: Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I think I might post that on the, uh, aerobatic. <laughs> I think you should yeah that'll be
0: really that'll be fun yeah that'll be you fun
1: <laughs> no 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 you well <laughs>
0: if you only if you want the hate mail to go to me i guess that's fine i'll take it i'll take it um i love it but yeah uh we will uh we'll talk to you all next week thank you for listening to another episode of fly cool shit be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshitgmail.com. At